Like, if you think about it, you know, radio, print, and TV, that's how everything used to run back in the day. Well, we still have a version of all three of those right now. So Mm -hmm. you have radio, which is podcasts. Okay. That's basically the equivalent to them nowadays, right? Making sense podcast. Exactly. Making all the sense. (laughs) And then you also have print which is blogs and other, you know, style of writing mediums on all the different platforms, whether it's Twitter and Facebook, which are heavy with text, or whether it is Substack or just independent blogs that post articles and stuff like that, like Double XL and all of them. They've went from print to digital with their media. Yeah, so we still sure have did. so we still have print because print is also text. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you have TV, which is all the video aspects. So the video aspects on social media, plus you have YouTube. And, and stuff like that as well too so we still have the radio print and tv that we used to have back in the day when prince Satellite. and michael jackson and you know black sabbath and all of them they yeah. got big off of print radio and tv which is the media of those days well yeah. we have the same things now but they've evolved what's up y'all welcome to the music making sense podcast it's your boys parkos and kp with you as always Back for another dope episode of Music Marketing Mayhem and Information. How the hell are you doing today, KP? I'm good, dude. I've just been, uh, actually, it's crazy. It's been um, looking at the YouTube and a couple of our shorts, man. We've been getting some, um, we've been getting some serious, we've been getting some serious likes, man. We're starting to, we're starting yeah, to Yeah, you got almost a thousand views on one of the shorts that I gave you, so... Yeah, uh, or that that cut up of you, I didn't give it to you, but I cut up of you right. going off or whatever. Yeah, you got almost a thousand views, and mm-hmm. what's interesting is you're a metal frontman, but the clip that got almost a thousand views was of you <laughs> talking about Jay Z and Fifty Cent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's crazy. I was looking through, I was like, what the fuck, this one? I know, this dude. That was crazy. That's okay. what yeah, that's what I looked at too. I was like, oh god, we got like twenty four likes on that Joker, dude. Yeah, no, and, exactly. I'm not, and, it's, and people are probably like, oh my god, he's gonna be about vanity points. No, dude, it's just no, understand it just shows what we're how doing right. Yeah. yeah, it just shows how we're resonating, and it's like. It's it's really cool because of our dynamic, you know what I'm saying? I think that yeah. we just and, and people are starting to see it. And I think we've been getting and shout out to everybody who's been giving us love and compliments and mm-hmm. you know, just dropping, just showing love and, and on Instagram and big up, man, to your reviews. Like you've been really doing a killer job on those reviews, man. I I I'm I'm really impressed with those. And yeah, I got um, a few more coming down the yeah. way as well, too. And I actually cool. got um I already had like a couple of people hit me up. Cause they saw the reviews and they're mm-hmm. like, Hey, yeah, I so, said, dude, I know. So That's I'm crazy. able to help. Yeah. So I'm able to help even more people. Oh, you saw that one in the Instagram. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. In, Instagram. Messenger. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the one off of the episode two one that I did and stuff, you know, he's one of his buddies or whatever, you know, stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that is that is great, you know, because that's that's what we're trying to do is help yeah. artists, you know, yeah. and we, you know, like like we always say, you know, we have paid services, but then we also have a bunch of free shit that we'd grab, give out like right here on mm-hmm. what you're listening to right now on the podcast. You know, this podcast, we put it out for free, you know, and then we we you cut up the clips and everything like that. And then we have the music marketing reviews that we do that are absolutely free. And, you know, yeah. we answer questions and try to help people out and everything like that. Because that's our ultimate goal, you know, and uh, it's it's been helping people, man, because out of the reviews I've done so far, they, the people, everyone that I did a review for that I shot mm-hmm. a video for, except for that guy we talked about in the last yeah. episode, we're not going to talk about him anymore, but 
But yeah, because I was just editing the clips. So I was like, that's kind of a dull episode. But so we're not going to talk about him anymore. But all, all the ones that I have been doing them for, they've been implementing those changes. Right. And I'm like, yes, that's dope. You know, like this one that I'm getting ready to put out here soon that should be out by the time people hear this episode. Um, it is a, a producer, right? He just makes beats. That's it. Mm-hmm. And he has a Facebook and a SoundCloud. That's it. And I'm like, okay, we got a lot of things that you can do. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're basically doing nothing. You know, I said it, obviously, you know, I said it professionally and stuff. I'm like, right. hey, you know, there's a lot of room to to grow here, you know, because, you know, you're just, you know, and, and he was just kind of getting started. And yeah. so a lot of these people that we've been helping with the music market reviews, they've been just getting started or they're at like one or two years and like banging their head on a wall because they can't figure pretty it much out. Pretty much because... level one. And yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah, like level one. Zero, yeah, level, level yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> ground zero level one. And it's dope because that's the best place to help people, you know, and that's what I keep telling these artists, too, because, you know, they come at me with like lack of self-confidence and they go oh well you know I'm, I'm just getting started i don't really know what i'm doing i was like dude this is the best time for you to have somebody you don't fucking know review your shit and give you pointers yeah. because all the people you do know are gonna be like, oh it's amazing you know but me you don't know me for shit i'm gonna come in and be like hey this 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 and you're gonna be like okay cool but you at ground zero or maybe even level one that's the best time to do it because then you don't have the huge ego that a five or ten or twelve year veteran does you know what i'm saying like a 10 year veteran like you know i know one of them he's been doing it since he was like 16 and he's 36 so he's a 20 year veteran you know what i'm yeah. saying and he started on the ground in new york city and shit and so whenever i try to tell him stuff and he's He's listening a little bit more now, you know, but just because I just keep hammering it and then he's finally seeing it everywhere else that he looks, you know what I'm saying? But at first when I was coming with it, I was one of the first ones to talk to him about some of this internet marketing type style of shit. And he was just like, nah, man, that's not how you do it. I'm like, okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I understand. (laughs) I haven't been doing it as long as you, but- But you understand like I've been focusing in a one area that you haven't, you know what I'm saying? See, it doesn't matter like how many years you've been doing something. It matters how much focus and concentration you've been putting in in one area, you know. And so I can he can sit here and tell me for hours about ground game style shit all day because yeah. he's done it for decades. And so I'm like, you know, I listen to what he's saying with that. I'm like, OK, cool. If I ever want to do that or if I ever have anybody that needs to do that, I would know where to go to get the information, right. you know, but. But when it comes to the internet and stuff like that, you know, that's that's where I've been focusing like crazy for for years. Even if I've just been watching and learning and thinking, you know, and not actually mm-hmm. practicing. And the know. thing is, too, is that you got a lot of these guys who are saying that, and it's and and I'm saying it's to the older generation who thinks that way, and from someone who is within that same generation. At you're in the old generation, X, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say this. Number one. If you guys still have the well, Prince didn't do it that way, and 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 all these guys, right? It's like, dude, let me oh, tell Michael you right Jackson now. Didn't get famous or Michael like Jackson that. didn't get famous like that, or Barry White didn't do that. If you guys listen to the messages, those three men said, you need to really listen to what those three men said. If you are an older musician like myself, because they said this. You need to learn the business. You need to understand the business. This is your life. 
And if you don't believe in the way it's, go the way it's going now, and you want to sit there and fight the internet and say social media is this, yada, yada, yada. Gary Vaynerchuk says the same thing to y'all. Yes, it's going to be left behind still talking about what they did back in the day. Okay, and all of you guys who are who are make you feel rappers, y'all saying that they're dead. No, they're not. Y'all just not smart enough. You y'all just not being wise enough to use the fucking internet to get your message across in a way where it attaches your content is attached to the emotion of your songs. That's what you're missing, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one other point on that as well, too, is when people say that's not how this person or that person back in the in the old before social media did things. It's like, no, they didn't use social media, but because they used the media at media. that time and they Thank used you. it like a motherfucker because, you. you know, they didn't just go around from town to town doing shows. No, they hit the radio airwaves. They were on TV. They were in print which is the main three forms of media that there was going on with Michael Jackson and Barry and all that. I mean, like, think about it, dude. Michael Jackson was put out in front of the Jackson five on all the television shit that they were doing. You know what I'm saying? And so then whenever he actually came of age, but still had the same high pitched voice. Anyway, that's a, that's me just being dumb. But anyway, whenever he finally came of age and started doing uh crazy, you know, his, his stuff and went crazy with it. He was on all of the forms of media, you know, he was on the magazines, you were hearing him on the radio, you saw him on TV. Well, radio, print and TV are going out the door and internet based media on social media, on blogs, on podcasts. Those are the things now, you know, even we, Roku television, like, mm -hmm. you know, Apple TV, that's what. Three billion people are watching and on on more or more on um Roku and 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 Apple and those and YouTube and they they're watching this so yeah absolutely yeah. and I would rope in YouTube and, and the other video medias I would rope them into the social media aspect yeah because like if you think about it you know radio print and TV. That's how everything used to run back in the day. Well, we yeah. still have a version of all three of those right now. So mm -hmm. you have radio, which is podcasts. Yeah. Okay. That's basically the equivalent to them nowadays, Music right? making sense podcasts. Exactly. Making all the sense. <laughs> right, and right. then, And then you also have so uh, print, which is blogs and other, you know, style of of writing mediums on all the different profile platforms, whether it's Twitter and Facebook, which are heavy with text, or whether it is um, Substack or just independent blogs that post articles and stuff like that, like Double XL and all of them, they've went from print to digital with their media. Yeah, so we still sure have, did. so we still have print because print is also text. Okay, and mm -hmm. then you have TV, which is all the video aspects. So the video aspects on social media plus the video aspects on you know the Hulu TV and stuff like that that you were talking about. But then also you have YouTube and, and stuff like that as well too. So we still have the radio, print, and TV that we used to have back in the day when Prince Satellite. and Michael Jackson and, you know, Black Sabbath and all of them, they yep. got big off of print radio and TV, which is the media of those days. Well, yep. we have the same things now, but they've evolved. Yep. Just like everything else has evolved. I mean, back, fuck back. If you go back far enough into the 1900s, people, 
predominantly still use outhouses, okay? We don't do that anymore. We've evolved in our bathroom use. So we've also evolved with our social media and our media use in general, you know? And so, so yeah, whenever I hear people say that, I just saw a post from some artist today who was like, saying how like some of the people he knows tell him that he needs to move and come to a different area. That's why he's not making it. I'm just like, uh, yeah, dude. no, Seriously. you know what? If, if you have no access to a studio where you're at and for whatever reason, you don't want to build your own in your house or your apartment or whatever, mm -hmm. but, and you, you like going to a studio cause you don't, you know, whatever the situation is. Okay. I could see moving to a place that has decent studios or something like right. that. You know, if you live in an area in the middle of nowhere and it's hard to find a videographer or something like that, I could see you possibly moving someplace like that. But if you live in one city that has videographers, videographers and, and studios and stuff like that, and you're going to move to another one because it's supposedly the Mecca. No, yeah, because the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is green wherever the fuck you water it. You know what I'm saying? Preach. That That's always my motto. Yeah. That's that's my motto like a motherfucker when people are, you know, because I live, I grew up in a small town here in Indiana and I live in a medium sized one now. And I always hear people say, oh, this grass is greener on the other side type shit. You know, I hear a lot of artists like, oh, man, I got to move to Atlanta because Atlanta's where it's popping for hip hop and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, OK, well, two weeks ago you were just talking about putting on for Indiana. So what are you going to do? You're going to be a Atlanta artist or are you going to be an Indiana artist? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to be a city first type of artist, then you need to rep whatever city you want to rep. You know, you can't exactly. move down to you can't move down to Atlanta and be repping Naptown shit 317 and everything like that. When you're in Atlanta, they're going to be like, who the fuck? What are you talking about? You know exactly. what I'm saying? <laughs> you just need to use the Internet wisely, you yeah. know, use the new day print media and television. Exactly. Absolutely. And speaking of that, you were you if you see as you see in the background, all y'all, he's got his his drum set back there. He's got his keyboard and he's got the great view of the trees, oh, yeah. you know. So uh, he's been working on even you said you've been working on a lot of your more stuff with your sync licensing and taxi and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And uh, yeah, you go ahead and get into that. You were wanting to talk some more about yeah. that because you've been doing a lot of research here lately and getting some more knowledge of. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think I didn't I didn't get a chance to share with you because I actually want to wait till we were recording, but I ended up getting feedback on the song I had showed one of my 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 chop that I showed you the other week by John Wick Nobody Chop. Mm -hmm. I got feedback on it and I would love to share that with y'all because I wanted to just talk about the stereotypes that a lot of people have when it comes to um, to taxi and how they feel like, oh, it's pay to play. It's all these things. And, and so I just want to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse of what they have, what, what they've done and how they give back, how they give feedback to artists. And secondly, before I had sent my, or when I, or when I joined taxi a couple of days after my after uh getting getting registering in as a member i received a call from them from taxi themselves uh, i think it's my it was a guy named mark um shout out to mark but he's really cool man and he just and you know welcomed me in and things and like we had a real conversation he was telling me about how to when i get to the um which is 
Taxi has this thing called the Road Rally, which is a conference, like a music conference for those who are into sync licensing. So that's that one in California you were talking yes, to me sir. about offline. Yep, I'll be going. Yep, I'll be going to California um in November. So here's my membership. Yeah, and when people say, Oh, taxis pay to play, it's like no, it's it's pay to play the game. If you right. want to get in, then you need to pay to have access, and then you can go from the sky's the limit from there. You got exactly. in order to get access to their platform, you know, you got to pay to hop it in. You know, yeah. it's just it's a, it's a network. It's very simple, but people people look at things where you got to pay as a uh, as a as a as negative. a scam. Oh yeah, or it's yeah, like it's they think it's always everything's a scam. So it's like no, dude. So for everybody who wants to say that, oh, they're not gonna give you, they're they're just trying to take money from you, and they're not trying to help you. All right. Here's right. I got this is my feedback for nobody slash John Wick style track. Okay. So it goes on to say what I like most about the song. It says, I like, I like that you spent time with the reference materials. But so the reference materials are like uh when you go and look at a a, a job listing or whatever it has different mm -hmm. materials that it wants you to sound like. Is that right? Yeah, they're looking at so yeah. So with this one, and let me go back. I'm sorry. So with this one, it's, it's the, it's, so yeah, it's the songs like it's the reference, it, reference tracks are like, they're looking at, that's why I played John Wick, Nobody, and it was Marvel, Marvel, mm. uh, Marvel um, Universe, Marvel Comics um, track. So the references is like, yeah, though is they're, re the re you don't have to copy them. They don't mm. want you to copy them. They want you to come up with your own original. But so, something in that, but style. something in that style, in that mm -hmm. reference, right? That makes but sense. The, so, and they said, but it's difficult to make a solid connection between this track and those references. One of the major keys here is is in the, is the disparity in levels. The cue, uh, the much of this cue came off far too quiet, and when I listened to it, I totally got where they were coming from, and said, check out these references again in terms of overall mix and relative levels. They're pretty even and not featuring long sequences of subdued, of subdued uh, dynamics. So right here, it says the additional things I noticed. Now what they do is that they check the boxes and they'll say why they returned it or they'll mm -hmm. say this is why they forwarded. So if it was forwarded, that means I would have been getting, having a chance to get a sync that will open up my chance of getting a deal. But okay. here was here's the kicker, and I call this a valuable. I call this I it was valuable news for me. Okay, mm -hmm. versus it being bad or good, right? It's valuable because as you can see here it says an additional additional things I noticed, and this is where they place the comments of these are helpful suggestions and not necessarily the reason why the music was forwarded or returned. And look at the top left right hand dialogue box that says I returned or forward this submission because to see the reason forward or return. So as mm -hmm. you can see, my style, my style wasn't my style was on point. Yeah, it was just the main reason was just the recording the mix, which is the, what they put in the text as well, as well for you up there, too. Right. So, so, so when yeah, you look that, at the boxes, yeah. so what I'm saying that when you look at these boxes, as you guys can see, this is why I'm saying this is valuable. If you look at them. All those boxes of mix, all, one was just that one right there where it says mm -hmm. recording, mi recording and mixing these improvements. So that means I need to just really listen 
to my sound and focus on mastering and, and mix, mixing and mastering the levels to where you can hear the sound and the impact of the of the tracks. Mm-hmm. All right. So for everybody who wants to say, oh, well, they're just not, they not, they don't be doing, they just take away your money. They just want to do no, dude. They really, these are references. I mean, I want y'all to think about they're giving me the tools to to succeed. Yeah, it's constructive criticism. And, and and they're telling you, hey, this, this, and this. And you're like, okay. You know, they didn't just come, oh, that shit's trash. No, thank you. You know, right. they actually came with some with some shit. And that's dope, man, because mm-hmm. like you can use these points right here and you can you can remix it, you can remake it if you wanted to, and then come back and resubmit something else and then see what they say. You know, take all these different things. And then like you said, they were talking about the levels being off. I think I did I say something about that? How like it goes like up and down too mm-hmm. much or whatever? And you were like, oh, that's kind of like what the style was. And I said, okay, cool. I've never seen John Wicks. So I didn't know, right. you know, but like, yeah, that seems to be what they were saying about how it didn't like, it didn't go up and down smooth. It was kind of like straight up and down or something. Yeah. Like at that. first I thought you were saying like, I thought you were saying like, make it. I thought when you said that, I thought, I thought you were refreshing, like making a part making the part like certain mm. like switch the cert switch a certain part that's what yeah. i thought you were saying but now yeah when i kind think of, about it like yeah yeah i was kind of saying that as well too mm-hmm. but yeah no with, but with what they're saying they're saying that like you know it's okay just like have have that gradual incline and decline to build mm-hmm. the suspense and to build it up and to have right. it come in smooth and everything like that you know kind of like kind of like whenever you listen to like the scores from uh star wars right Mm -hmm. now obviously everybody knows the initial like the one that comes on super loud at the beginning of the movies but i'm talking about the actual ones that go out through the scenes they start out with like a little bit of of like you know wind instruments and then it kind of starts building up and building up with strings and everything like that and then it kind of crescendos and then it it tapers back off it doesn't go straight up and down right but the levels are even when it comes to Mm the way it sounded. And I started, and and, I, and what I ended up doing was that I went back and I looked at my profile on here. And I just, and I looked at one of my songs and it was, it's. Yeah, see, there's the John Wick one. You see how mm-hmm. like, yeah. it, it, it's like little bit and then huge and then little bit and then huge and then little yeah. bit and then huge and stuff like that. Yeah, I think what I was saying is that that last third that you should have put up front because it builds gradually as a put and mm-hmm. I think that's what I was saying, which is similar to what they were saying um about how like you start off quiet, then you get loud quick, you know, it comes up big and stuff. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, see like it starts really, really low and then it gets super loud. Mm-hmm. You know. Like if you forward to the to the first loud part. Right. Yeah, like right in there. Yeah, see, now it's getting a little bit, and then it gets big, you know? But then if you go to the last third back there, now the, no, the, no, right before that one, before that big wave, yeah. Right, no, to the right. A little bit to the right. No, before the big waves. No, the next one. No, to the right, sorry. Man, come on, nigga. To the right, some more. A little bit more. A little bit more right. No, that's left, right. Right here? Now, a little bit more down. No, the other the other way. Towards the end. Right there. Oh. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so like right here, it like kind of starts building up or whatever. And like, that's why I was saying I think that because the levels on that are kind of like building. See how it's mm -hmm. building and building and building? That, I think that was my suggestion. Can you pause that please? I think that was my suggestion. Sorry, I can't like think very cool. well with other noises going That's on. Cool. It's just my brain thing. But I think that was what I was what I was suggesting. But what mm -hmm. they were saying is that the dynamics between everything um, is what's cool. But that that is cool, man. That they actually give you feedback. Yeah. When you do something, they tell you why it was kicked back or why it was forwarded. Because both of them are great pieces of feedback you know if mm -hmm. you get something forwarded and they're like hey we forwarded it because of this then that completely helps when you go to create the next thing because you're like okay i did this well right here how do you do work. this well as again and again and again and then you mm -hmm. keep seeing them forwarded and you're like yes 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 but whenever you you do something and it gets rejected you know if you were to be like some of those people that think the taxi's a scam and you yeah. would you would submit something and they reject it. Man, fuck them, man. It was good. They don't know what they're looking for. <laughs> yeah, you know because they're thinking about hit songs. <laughs> right, exactly. And that's what it is. Like, These artists, they don't know they're what thinking, they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they're thinking, like, oh, because well, the artist is thinking hit song. Like, well, I, this, this is a hit. My friends liked it. But it's like, okay, <laughs> but did it fit the theme of what they're looking for? Exactly. Your friends ain't well, your friends aren't the one writing the goddamn movie script, dog. No, it's not the one that's gonna be paying you. They're not the yeah. one that's gonna be paying you every, every quarter or whatever right? for shit either. So yeah, so I wanted to just give you guys that sauce because I know people love to, you know, we like we said, people love to sit there and make and and and, and jump to conclusions about certain things, like such as sync licensing, and not really give it. You know, not give it any any type of research and unwilling to pay for it because they're their skepticism and unwilling to do the research. And speaking of that, since we since we're getting into uh, talking about composition and the art, you know, film and composition, we're looking at how that's going to uh, the how the writers of how the writer strike is going to affect. Yeah, how the writer strike. So yeah, I was wanting to talk about that because I said mm -hmm. something about it a few weeks ago or whatever to you before the the thing. But when we were right. talking about sync licensing, because it's all kind of combined with the the film industry and stuff. And absolutely, you know, if you look at it, you know, one thing I want to say real quick is that you were talking about the, the skepticism that people have about mm -hmm. you know paying the three hundred. Like I get where they're coming from. That's a yeah, huge totally. Chunk of yeah, that's a huge that's yeah. that's a good chunk of money for something that you don't know shit about. It took you know? me a while to pay to get on it because yeah, I exactly. had to do the yeah, research. Because you had to feel good enough, you know. Because yeah. everything with with the sales process, right, is you have to know, like, and trust whatever it is before you give them money, right? And so you you knew about taxi. Well, then yeah. you had to learn some more to like them, and then you had to learn even more to trust them enough to give them the three hundred bucks to take that next step with them to where you're like, hey, I want to get in on this. Let me in the door. Here's my here's my fee. And then they let you in and then you go from there. And then now they're keep they keep building on that trust, you know, because if you would have hopped in and they would just jack your money and then like they're just letting you down, they're not giving you any feedback either way, stuff like that. Then, yeah, you would have been like, no, nah, fuck this, man. I'm not renewing with them. I'm not telling anybody to go with them. Nothing like that. Yeah. But you're having good feedback from them you're having a good experience with them that's solidifying that trust that you built that they built with you mm -hmm. and so now you're telling everybody here that's 
trying to know, like, and trust us for music marketing information. Hey, look, I built this trust with these guys. It's dope. You guys should check it out. You know, and there's plenty of free material where you, all you got to do is just spend your time to listen and read and stuff like that and learn before Absolutely. you even take that $300 jump, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, so that's definitely good. And, and how I think it ties in with the writer strike and stuff. So uh, historically, you know, these writers will strike any kind of union. How it will work is that they will, any union, the members will strike because the negotiations didn't go the way they wanted while everything was still in operation when they were trying to renegotiate contracts and stuff like that for right. more benefits, more pay, stuff like that. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And so if if they can't come in an agreement within a certain amount of time, then they end up striking. Right. Well, normally what happens is, is then more pressures put on both the company and the workers to where they finally come to the table, come up with some kind of compromise and agreement to find some middle ground. And then they resume operations. However, you know, right now with the writer strike, everybody's throwing around, Oh, it's because of AI. I think that's just like the easy scapegoat. You know, I think that's just the easy thing to throw underneath it the bus. It sounds like the same old, so it sounds like mm -hmm. the same six scapegoat as a social media scapegoat of why everything is screwed up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people talk about <laughs> oh, oh, our kids are messed up because of social media. It's like yeah. you know that social media is not the parent, right? You know Thank that you. you know that whenever you take your kid out in public, you don't have to give them the tablet as the new pacifier now. You know what I'm saying? They can they can be present in the moment with everybody else, not on an electronic device. You don't have just because they're fucking six or what have you. I mean, fuck, I see people that will hand it to their toddlers that can't even speak in order to keep them complacent and, and copacetic at dinner here or at this place or whatever and stuff like that. And I'm just like, look, I, I get it. Like the toys have evolved, but you can still give them non-electronic toys to keep them occupied. You can sit there, you can hang out with them. You can have, you can have them next to you and nurture them, stuff like that. Like, you know, you can still be a parent just because there's electronics. Yeah. That makes it easier on you, you know? Just like Ozempic makes it easier to lose weight. However, it's not the healthiest way. You know what I'm saying? People are talking about, you know, small things from the Ozempic butt that you get all the way up to even more hazardous health complications, you know? And yeah. I'm not a doctor, blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, everything that you do has positive and negative consequences. You just got to try to mitigate that. And so, right. you know, yeah, I do think that them talking about AI is just a scapegoat. Cause like I've said before, mm -hmm. this AI is not real AI, no. real AI. I'd be able to have a conversation with just like I'm having a conversation with KP right here. And it would react similar. You know, I was talking, I, I work with somebody in my regular job, who's like a computer nerd and stuff. And he's mm -hmm. actually in a, a degree program for video game design and stuff. And, and he's all about tech and technology and stuff like that. And I was talking to him. I said, man, this AI ain't really AI. And he was like, yeah, it's not really. And I was like, I was like, I'll call it AI and say it's actually AI when I can have a conversation with it, like it's a person and it doesn't have to be the most intelligent person on the planet because intelligence has a spectrum. And so artificial intelligence is going to have a spectrum as well, too. You're going to have some people who are dumb as hell and you can still talk with them they can still help you out a little bit that's gonna be the first real ai where you can have a conversation with them and they're not that smart and then you're gonna have conversations with an advanced ai that it's like talking to a rocket scientist you know and so but there's gonna be a spectrum of everything in between and we don't 
We don't have that right now. Everything is just really dumb and you can't have a conversation with it at all. Well, so I mean, because it's created by us. That's why, because well, it's there, created by us. Yeah, there's that, but it still hasn't broke through to the intelligence level yet, in my opinion. Right, and okay, and, okay, case in point. Mm-hmm. That's why it, people, when they talk, it's because it's because AI is made by humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, we haven't, we, and we haven't figured out. Yeah, we haven't figured out how to create intelligence because we don't even know how intelligence was created in us or in any other sentient life form. You know, like my dogs right here laying down on my legs. You know, what I'm yeah. saying they have a form of intelligence as well too. They're they're very intelligent. I got huskies, so they're very intelligent. Yeah, you know, and but just like just like with dogs, you know, sometimes you have some of those 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 uh great those Danes. Cho- the chocolate labs that mm-hmm. are just dumb as hell you and know sweet. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean they're sweet as hell but they're like dumb idiots great you know? Danes. yeah you got yeah, yeah you got great danes yeah they are like the big dogs great danes and mastiffs they're just big boobs like you put a fucking small little baby gate in front of them and they act like they have a, a fucking chasm in between them and you they're whining they're like uh they could literally walk right through it no problem. It wouldn't even hurt them. They'd probably break the th- the fucking baby gate. But they'll sit there, act like it's the Grand Canyon in between them and you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's a fucking little baby gate that you could just literally just push over. Push over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's so there's a spectrum with intelligence and stuff like that. But but like I said, I I just see that that it it is just an excuse. Okay. What I think the real thing that's going to come from this is is that unions are either going to adapt or die to the new way of doing business in the creative realm. And the new way of doing business in the creative realm is one-on-one transactions, not big conglomerates, more freelancer, if you want to call it that, solopreneurs, if you want to use that term. DIYers. Exactly. It's the individual creator that go into a marketplace because the marketplace is so well digitized now that people like yourself can create something and they don't have to have, you don't have to have an agent. I mean, technically taxis acting like an agent, but you don't have to have an actual agent. You don't have to go through these different companies and pitch to these different companies individually, get meetings with them, have their, have their address and send them physical copies, nothing like that. Yeah. You don't have to do all the unsolicited Mm -mm. stuff. You don't have to be unsolicited. And there doesn't have to be that lag time, you know, like if you think about it, if a, if a, if a movie is wanting to make uh, a picture house is wanting to make a movie, right? Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, we need all these different pieces. And so, okay, John, you take care of getting all the scores, right? Mm -hmm. Well, John is going to go to the, you know, couple different companies that they always use and say, hey, all right, what new artist do you got? What do you have that would fit this and everything like that? They would put that out to those one or two little agencies, Mm-hmm. And then those agencies will come back with something whenever they hit up their individual artists. So that's artists working for agencies and kind of go from there. Well, you know, now you don't have to do that because there's there's an evolved form of that where you can just create on your own in your room and everything like that or what have you and then submit it all yourself. And the only middle person you're going through is is taxi. You pay that one time fee or whatever. Yep. That's it. Um, and then, you know, then you build that relationship with the client and then you can, after you do one or two through taxi for a client, 
you can build a relationship with them independently and have their personal email and no longer go through taxi. And you can deal one-on-one with them. You can be 100% freelance. They can come to you when they got stuff and you can work if you want to or if you don't want to. You know, stuff like that. You especially can have- if you make a good, especially if you get like, if you get like at least 20 something placements, mm-hmm. sync placements, dude, and they're calling you for music. And the thing is that you got to make sure you are able to deliver that music. So you got to be like, you got to be writing some, you got to be doing some serious writing. And did yeah, and- you just, but you're, you're right though. What you're saying mm-hmm. is just how the opportunity of being able to, if you make, you get 20 sync placements, you don't, you know, you won't, you may not have to use them again. Yeah, exactly. Like you won't have to use taxi again. You got those like, you know, 10 to 20 people or whatever that you got contacts with, you know, the head of this or the head of that at this picture house or whatever that's that's doing it. And you got these and then they're doing referrals because, you know, they talk to people at dinner. They go out, they have friends within the industry or at least, you know, associates within the industry that they talk to. And somebody's like, man, so I like that new score that you got for this scene in that movie you all just put out. Who did that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, KP did that for me. Oh, who's KP? Oh, he's this guy. Blah blah blah. Let me get his contact information. So now you're getting referrals, and so now you, as an individual, have your own little LLC that you get a hundred, you pay a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for, or whatever. And you're sitting here. You got people coming to you because you've built your reputation. You got people coming back to you, or or they're getting referrals and stuff like that. And you're able to build off of that, and then you can live the life, whatever life that you want. You know, you can pick and choose. Hey, do I have time to? work on this this like you can look at the you know the the listings coming in the requests coming in and you can say this one speaks to me and i have time or i can make time to get that knocked out and then you do it and then you go and then you know you have the reoccurring royalties and stuff like that plus the on the 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 upfront you know payments that they may or may not give you and stuff like that yeah. too so so you're able to create the lifestyle that you want and still do your music so you can you know, like you yourself, right? You can be doing these scores and these scores could help fund your life in, to a point where then you can start working on other passion projects that you have, exactly. you know, and then maybe you can get to a point where you don't even mess with the scores anymore because you're you're gaining revenue off of something else that you're doing. And then you shift from there and you shift from there, you know, yeah. like, like, like similar, you know, I know he's labeled as a genius, but similar to how Elon Musk did, right? He worked, he, he started kind of at the bottom right i know his mm-hmm. dad had like a connections and shit like that but even still he had to build his own way right he may have got handed some shit but he he had to prove the fuck out of himself and everyone does yeah and i listened Regardless. to yeah i listened to uh one of lex freeman's podcasts he had this autobiographer on mm-hmm. who actually has done a couple biographies on elon and i guess apparently like elon had a bad childhood with his dad and he can't stand his dad he don't even talk to him and yeah. so like everything he does is basically like to stick it to his dad all the time because his dad I would always tell because his dad totally would always, see that. yeah his dad would always tell him how fucking stupid he was and how he couldn't fucking you know he, he wouldn't succeed and everything like that so now he's the richest man on the planet and he's like i'm not even gonna talk to you motherfucker you know what i'm saying like that kind of stuff which is which is it speaks to his personality because you know once you if you look at somebody like him on the surface you think all these things but then you you look deeper and you're like oh you see the rhymes and the reasons and everything like that mm-hmm. and you're like oh that makes sense but either way besides that you know he had to kind of start from the bottom and him and 
I think it was Jack Dorsey and like one or two other people, you know, built PayPal and then they had to expand from there. And then once they sold PayPal, then they had enough money. And so then Elon was like, okay, let me put this money into, you know, electric vehicles. I want to get that going. Well, now that he got that going pretty well and he's like, okay, I want to go to space too. So now he's in space. And then he's like, oh, I think. And so like his, his main source of focus, whether he, you know, he has a hyper ego about it or not, his main source of focus is bettering the human race. And so, you know, he he feels personally electric vehicles are going to help with that. He feels that the robots that they're working on with Tesla bot and stuff like that and Optimus and stuff are going to help with that. He feels that, you know, going to space and being a multi-planetary species is going to help with that. He feels that, you know, now he took over Twitter, right? Because he feels that free speech is essential to society. Since we're a global, connected, internet-based society now, we need to have a platform for free expression and collaboration. And some of the shit that they're doing, every single one of y'all artists, you need to get on Twitter and you need to pay that little bit $8 to get that blue check because what you can do is you can get subscribers on there. Like any one of y'all listening right here, right now, you can go subscribe to Music Making Sense podcast over on Twitter. You subscribe for this couple bucks a month, right? And what you're doing is you're supporting that channel, uh, our channel or what have you, right? right? But then also too, if you are a creator and you have that, when people subscribe to you, Tesla or Tesla, Twitter or X will also share their email address with you. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these platforms, like I talked about a few episodes ago, how Instagram doesn't know how to use emails properly. They don't know how to do email marketing properly. And they're for damn sure not just going to give you their emails. Mm-hmm. X Twitter is doing that now. If you have subscribers that pay money to you, right? They will give you the email address so you can contact and build and nurture those relationships with those subscribers off of their platform no other company does that that, you know what i'm saying and so like you can take stuff like what elon's done or what other people like him whoever you look up to right they've always started with you know you look at joe rogan you want to look at whoever you want to look at right Right. they've all started with fucking damn near nothing even some people that started off with a couple of edges above you know Mm -hmm. they had to build and then they expanded and once they got a certain amount of lifestyle that was coming in off of something that they built, they were able to branch off and do other things. You know, like I manage a restaurant for a guy who has multiple businesses. All right. And so he built up this restaurant, he got it going. And then him and a couple of his buddies started, they, they started a supplement company. Now he's got that going kind of decent, you know, they're expanding that. So he's got the revenue on that. And now he mainly does a lot of his focus. Like he, he focuses a little bit on the restaurant, but I mainly got that. Then he focuses a little bit on the supplement company and stuff, but he's got partners to help out with that as well too. And then they have some people that they have that work for them as well too, subcontract. But then also he has a, a dog rescue over in Jordan, the country, and mm-hmm. where because that's where he's from. And he has a dog rescue he's starting over there. It's the first dog rescue in the whole country. Okay. Oh, wow. And because what they do, they have a bunch of, they have a wild dog problem, right? Mm -hmm. And what they do to deal with that is massacre them sometimes. It's really fucked up if you like animals, right? And so what he's doing is he's got this rescue where they take in strays and they spay and neuter them. And it's all 100% nonprofit, right? They take only donations and everything. And he does that. He spays and neuters, helps out with, you know, healthcare and stuff like that with them and everything like that. And he's got some other people they partners with over there. And that's his passion project right now. You know, so like whatever, whatever it is you want to do, if you want to start like you KP, you know, you're making these scores, they're going to eventually start funding your lifestyle to where you can focus more on, you know, being that, you know, 
goth looking jazz frontman or whatever yeah. the fuck you want to do. You know what I'm saying? You can keep building from there. And I think that's what's going to happen with this writer strike as well, too, is that the writer strike it is going to break down these unions that had a time and a place. Okay, Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that the unions helped to get with workplace safety, OSHA and, you know, all these other safety things that they helped come up with to help Americans have a great lifestyle if they're within a union or even if they're not in a union now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, with higher wages and and all these protections and stuff like that and these benefits that took us out of basically, you know, being a cog in a machine to where you're at least a decently paid and benefited cog in the machine especially with these factories <laughs> right that that that's all gone it doesn't need to happen anymore because the not only the companies but the the employees the individuals have the opportunity to come and go as they please now you know so all of these riders that are striking right now you're going to start seeing some of them leave the union and start doing indie shit on their own they're gonna start they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cross the line as people always say with these picket mm-hmm. lines they're gonna cross the line and be like hey i started my own llc it's me myself you already know my catalog i just previously been working with you i no longer want to strike let's strike a deal to where i can be a subcontractor for you and then they can make more money than what they're making because these unions rape the fuck out of these people every time they get paid Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i know some people who work in factories that work in unions and they got their union dues that they have to pay if they want to work at that place making the good money with the good benefits you know what i'm saying it's 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 pay to play if you want to look at it like that you know what i'm saying what do you think is going to happen with actors I think it's going to be the same way. You think it's going to be the same I think, way too? I think they're not going to be the SAG. They're not going to be in a, a screen actors guild anymore. They're going to start having freelance bidding. You know what I'm saying? So like, mm-hmm. if you look at it like this, so WWE, they have a lot of writers, but they don't yeah. have a union. Yeah. They have their writers that work for them. They have they some freelance. Yeah. yeah. They have freelance. And then they also have employees, right? Yeah. Which, you know, they have the option. Um, And then if you look at like, you know, all their production crew and stuff like that. That's not any kind of screen thing. All of their talent, you know, all the wrestlers and stuff like that, they're all either independent and they come and go like, like, like some of the people do, like, you know, Jake Paul and stuff like that. You know, they come and go. They don't actually work for, but when they show up, they get paid as independent contractors or they're employees under the company you know stuff like that like ronda rousey she was just only a contract on contract for a small contract or whatever you Mm -hmm. know people like that you know people like brock lesnar who jumped back and forth between the ufc and wwe before they were just bought out you know or before they just did that partnership or whatever merge yeah um you know then you look at the ufc and stuff like that all those fighters they run on contracts they get like a six fight contract or whatever you know and then some some you know people make their way and so that's what i see is going to happen because like that already happens in the music industry right but here's the thing with wwe right about the wwe superstars they can't do out they can't do um they can't venture out of like out of the wwe do like other business ventures like and make money like they can't go on they can't make money off social media they can't do stuff like that they can that. to an extent, and I think that's starting to change. That's going to change more because the pressure is going to build where WWE is going to see that they help create a superstar, and then that superstar leaves the end of the contract and does their own indie thing, 
And it's all stuff that WWE could have let them do. And then it would have made them grow bigger as well, too. Mm -hmm. You know, because, for instance, let's talk about Ronda Rousey, right? So if Ronda Rousey has this contract with WWE, but then she also has opportunities to where she can make money off of fitness fitness wear right? right for instance wwe is like oh you can't do that hypothetically right wwe right. says you can't do that or whatever you can't be a fitness influencer on instagram you can't be out there wearing these things with gym shark as your label or you know whatever right mm -hmm. well she's gonna be like okay at the end of the contract she's gonna leave and go do that and skyrocket because she's already built her name recognition with wwe now she's gonna be going over here well now wwe just lost out on having her elevated profile continue carrying them with them as well too because now she's ex WWE you know now she's only this before she would be this you know just like Sasha Banks or whatever right she's mm -hmm. been in the Mandalorian movies now well she had to leave WWE to go do that you yep. know a lot of people have to leave to go do movies Dave Batista you know shit like that T TNA made the biggest mistake when Bobby Lashley left because he was able to fight in Bellator and mm -hmm. he was a TNA and he was in TNA Impact. And at that time, he was getting paid. Mm -hmm. He was becoming, he was like one of the highest paid wrestlers at that time. And, and that he was doing MMA and it was just, and then I don't know what happened, but they just, whatever they did it was like the dumbest thing in the world dude right that and, was... and and now that they've merged with ufc if you look at what mm -hmm. ufc does ufc doesn't have those regulations conor mcgregor oh. did all of his shit while he was under contract with yeah. ufc with his liquor and with his fight with floyd and all that shit he was still under contract with ufc so i think that that's going to change now that ufc has some reins on wwe it's going to it's going to explode and they're going to have a lot more crossing where, you know, UFC stars, when they hit like their physical retirement, they can go mm -hmm. over to WWE and continue and they can still do all their brand endorsements and everything like that because it's just going to benefit everybody. You know, yeah. even even if WWE takes a 5% cut, right, or whatever, right, they want to take a little little taste, right, they want right. to get a little taste. Even if they do that, it's going to raise everybody. Whether they do the taste or not, it's going to raise everybody because WWE is going to still have that superstar. That superstar is still going to have the the, the solid platform of WWE, and then they're going to have their independent shit where they're merging with other companies and everything like that too. I mean, it's just going to be it's going to be great, you know. Yeah. And that's a lot of things that happen in music. You know, Nas does partnerships with Hennessy and and other companies and stuff like that while he's under his. Uh, Def Jam label or what have you and mm -hmm. stuff like that you know a lot of you know Jeezy did his Boost Mobile stuff while he was under a label and stuff and so so yeah I think that it's it's gonna happen like that with a lot of these other industries but I think that this strike is going to break the unions within the film industry hmm. and and you know because like living here in Indiana we're what's technically called a right to work state and mm -hmm. so with right to work, a lot of people have negative connotations of it. They mean like, oh, it's anti-union. Not necessarily. Yes, but not necessarily, right? Right. What it is is it says that if there is a, a company that is a union company, mm -hmm. you have the right to apply and work there and not be participating in the union if you don't want to. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's where Makes you have sense. the right to work because if not – a place like a house, a factory would be like, you have to work in the, you have to be in the union in order to work here. Just like in the film industry. If you want to be a fucking writer for Marvel movies, you have to be in that, the writer's union. If you want to be an actor, you have to be in the screen actors guild. 
right? And then look at them now, like like Bill Maher and a lot of these other people and stuff like that that also do like they're in the Screen Actors Guild and, and you know, the writing and stuff like that, you know, right. they can't promote anything. Like all these these movies that are still continuing to come out, mm-hmm. they're flopping a little bit be, for multiple reasons. But one reason is because they can't get out there and promote it because part Rash. of the part of the thing is they can't promote it right so mm-hmm. since they can't promote it they can't showcase as well what they did to their next employer and stuff like that as well too but right. like they can't be independent you know and so that's why you know luckily somebody like bill maher still had his independent podcast where he could still bring people on yeah it's not exactly like the format of real time right but but when the people who want to see bill maher and listen to him and stuff like that on a weekly basis they used to listen to watch him on real time Mm -hmm. they they can go check him out on that and so he's still going forward and hbo is losing out you know what i'm saying because they're all part of this this guild and stuff like that and it's all going to be broken and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be fucking crying about it because they're going to because they've they've relied on that union as their safety net because they are inept people right Mm -hmm. over overall because the inept people always rely on safety nets because it helps comfort them because they know they are not fully capable of being independent people. So they need that structure and that coddling that, that for lack of better words, what a union offers them, it offers them the security and stuff like that. Just like, you know, there's a lot of people who may kind of have an idea of wanting to be an entrepreneur in some way, shape or form, whether it's an, a musician or they want to build a business or whatever. Right. right. But that they're scared because that is going into a hundred percent commission based territory. And they've been so used to their nine to five, their paycheck, their salary, whatever it is, their guarantees. Hey, if I come in and work, I get this much per hour. Hey, Mm -hmm. I get paid this much per year for my work. I have to work 40 hours. There's a lot of guarantees that are very, very comforting. When you go out into the, a lot of the most talented people are always being, are always dependent. And Mm -hmm. to that, you're absolutely. And so I think that's going to, free up people in the writers and the actors guilds and stuff like that, because Mm -hmm. it's either going to break in half or it's going to break completely. One of the two, like I'm going to see to where they're going to eventually have it to where it's, it's basically right to work style situation where you don't have to be a part of the writer, the writer's guild. If you want to work on this next movie, if you don't Mm -hmm. want to, but maybe there's a little bit different tier in pay or something like that. Right. You know, something like that, you know, maybe people who are not in the union, they get paid a little bit more or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or something, right. There's going to be something because it's going to help. And a lot of people will look at it negative and say, oh, these greedy corporations, yada, 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 right? All that stuff. Yes, but also at the same time, it will give you more freedom of choice as well. Because right. instead of having a gun to my head and being like, oh, I'm in the guild. I have to work on this fucking project. I don't want to fucking work on it. I want to work on that project over there. But I'm under contract under the union with this one. The union made me get this job. The union, guarantees, <laughs> right. the union guarantees I work certain amount of jobs per year, right? Well, mm-hmm. this is one of the jobs. And I couldn't wait two weeks for that one to open. I had to take this one right now or else I get kicked out of the union. I couldn't work at all. Stuff like that. They won't have that now. Now they're going to be able to be like, I'm going to hold off and not work on that one because I can. And because I heard rumors that this might be starting up. And so they get to take that chance and it might be a hell of a chance or it might be a hell of a chance. You know what I'm saying? Because they might 
turn down one offer to work on one movie, wait on another one, but then that movie ends up getting canceled. Now they're fucked. They're like, fuck, mm-hmm. now I got to look for another one. Or they might end up getting that movie that they waited on, and that movie right there paid them way more, had way more success than what the other one could have had, and now they've just elevated their career. So the opportunity is there so much more. And it's the same, like, it's in the same realm of of energy and for, for furiosity. It's just in the same energy, since I can't speak fucking words. <laughs> it's in the same energy as what we tell people, tell artists about making their music. You don't have to get on a label anymore to get everywhere. Because a label was basically like a union, right? You don't have to be on that. You can do 100% freelance stuff. You can go and you can you can build your profile to a point to where, you know, if you've always dreamed of, you know, having a, a song with a certain artist that you've looked up to, you can get to a point where you can get that. You know what I'm saying? You can either have enough money or you can have enough influence and status to where you can get that. And, and get that and build that and have that have that great dream collab that you've always been wanting for. And it could elevate your career to all new heights. You know, you could you can do so much more because when you when you build your your brand as an artist to be more than just the music, then mm-hmm. it can take you more places. You know, you look at any any hip hop artist or any musician in general who has also branched into movies or TV or being a fashion influencer or having their own products or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it opens up so much and the opportunity to, to build the music, the, the music built the opportunity for them to do that, you know? Exactly. And, and I've heard people say, Oh, well they just sold out and stuff. It's like, no, they followed their project, their passion, you know, just like a few episodes back, whenever I said, um, I, I this kind of off topic, but on it, I said, the thing that helped Freddie Gibbs and Michael Jackson succeed was that they were different. Right. And I put that up and I was talking about how their sound was different. You know, Michael Jackson's sound was different. Nobody was going hee hee and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody came with the fero- for with God. The damn, I can't say that word. The ferocity. The ferocity. Ferocity. Thank you. I kept wanting to say furiosity. But anyway, Nobody came with all that energy that he had on 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 stage in the mm-hmm. music videos with all the creativity. Nobody mm-hmm. came with that before him. You yeah. know, just like Freddie Gibbs, right? Freddie Gibbs from Gary, Indiana, which is which is outside of Chicago. It's almost like an unofficial uh, for those that don't know. It's like an unofficial suburb of Chicago, but it's in Indiana, not Illinois, where Chicago right. is. Right. But you can is see that East St. Louis, by the way. Well, no, East St. Louis is all the way down at the bottom of Illinois. Okay. Chicago, Chicago's at the top of Illinois. St. Louis okay. is at the bottom because it, it goes to Missouri because you got St. Louis, Illinois, and St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. So East St. Louis, East St. East St. Louis. Louis is St. Louis, Illinois. East St. Louis. Right? Okay. Yeah. But but no, but anyway, so like he was from Gary, and Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's the only other motherfucker that made it big out of Gary, right? In yeah. music. And so, like, you know, I heard him on an interview with, with Snoop Dogg or whatever at the end of one of his songs or talking or whatever. And Snoop's like, man, you know, I really like your sound. It's different and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, man. He's like, because, you know, what do you think a Gary artist sounds like? He's other words, but I'm going to say artist because I can't say it. But he mm-hmm. uh, he was like, well, you know, what do you think a Gary, a Gary artist sound like? Nobody knew. But mm-hmm. now, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I came, I came, I created my own style to stand out, you mm-hmm. know, and, and. You know, whenever I put that up, I actually had somebody say, yeah, but look at him now. He's flopped. I'm like, no, he literally said, I'm not going to make music anymore. I want to focus on film. So he yeah. didn't flop. He shifted. 
you know, yeah. but people, but people see what they want to see, or they only see a small perception. They see his popularity and his record sales have went down. However, he literally said on Joe Rogan when he was on Rogan last time, I think this is going to be my last album. I want to focus more on movies and mu- and, and film and shit. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not feeling music anymore. It's too easy for me. Right. And whether mm-hmm. you like or you don't like Freddie Gibbs music, it doesn't matter. He used music to get up out the streets from where he self-admitted shot yeah. some crackheads before. You know what I'm saying? Over deals mm-hmm. went bad. Right. He got out of the streets, made his name in music, got enough popularity to where like he's friends with like big time fucking celebrities and shit like that now. And then he got his opportunity to go into movies and now he's doing more stuff, you know, everything like that. Just like, you know, Ja Rule or T.I. or 50 Cent, you know, all these other these people, they keep branching out, you know, yep. 50 doesn't make the music like he used to anymore. And his music doesn't hit like it used to anymore. Nope. But that motherfucker keeps making more money than he used to ever before. And he didn't sell his soul to the Illuminati like people think Jay-Z did, right? He, like you said on that on that famous clip of you, he works smarter, <laughs> <laughs> he works smarter not harder, right? Yeah. And and that's what that's what you have to do. And that's what I think, you know, things like sync licensing and taxi and are are gonna bring to artists, you know, and, and with the breaking up of the unions, which I foresee, that's gonna help artists who who may like the art of performing and may mm-hmm. like the stagecraft of it and may want to end up branching over to film yeah. or some, something with move, move, or music theater theater or something like that. Right. Whether they want to be up front or in the back, it doesn't matter. They can still be a part of it, you know, cause you got people like, like, like T.I. and Ja Rule who were on the camera. You got people like 50 cent who's behind that motherfucker, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But they still wanted to branch out and other things. And, you know, we're just in a good time where you can do that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I started making music whenever I was in the army. Like I always wanted to do it when I was in high school, right? Yeah. But I didn't, like I was in high school. This was like early 2000s, nothing mm-hmm. was really available. Internet was basically non-existent. You know what I'm saying? You had no internet on your cell phone. It was back in the days where if you hit that internet button on accident, you're paying a hell of a bill. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they would it would charge it would charge per megabyte of data. Right. I mega, that. mega, megabyte, uh-huh. not not gigabyte, not gigabyte, not terabyte, megabyte, oh. <laughs> and it would charge like ten cents per megabyte. And so mm-hmm. you try to load one web page, that's you know two hundred fifty six megabytes. Well, that's two dollars fifty six cents just to load that motherfucker, you know. And it kept going like that. So like that kind of stuff wasn't available and wow. stuff, you know, at that time. And then, yeah. and then, so then when I went in the army around two thousand six, I started, you know, I met up with a couple of people that made music, and. Luckily, I made up, met up with a couple of people who actually made their own beats, right? Right. And so they made their own beats, so we were able to have some original beats. But in that day, you had to go on like LimeWire or some other like you know pirating mm-hmm. site to get the you know you know Fifty Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying beat or whatever kind of beat that you wanted to have, you wanted to rap on. You know, what I'm saying yep. to showcase your skills, you had to use somebody else's beat. Well, then technology kept going, you know, so like when I got out of the army, I kind of stopped doing music for like 10 years, even though I still loved it because there was no structure. I had nothing to use. MySpace was the only thing I really had. And then that was dying. So then there was Facebook, stuff like that. But for creating the music, I didn't have that anymore because I wasn't around my guys no more. You know what I'm saying? And and stuff like that. So kind of fell off. But then around 2016, whenever I started doing my radio show style podcast and no, 2017. 2017 and then i started meeting a lot of people who were actually doing some shit on the internet and how the internet had opened up a whole lot of things that i didn't know about in the realm of music so then i hopped back in and started making my own music again and stuff you mm-hmm. know and it's just 
like technology is expanding so much that as an individual, as a creative individual, whether you want to, you know, just make music all the time or whether you want to diversify yourself and do more than just music stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I think most, most creative people have more than just one lane. They want to do it. Yeah. Cause it's funny you say that because like, for me, it was when I was, when I, um, immediately after I had joined my first, left my first band, immediately I started getting into writing and record, learning how to write and record. And I was just doing that on the Tascam cassette. Mm -hmm. That's, I started just like, I got a microphone and it could have that Tascam recorder and this, and this keyboard that I had, uh, that I found somebody gave to me and I fucking started working on that, creating, just, Mm -hmm. just creating. And I, I, that was like in 2001, 2002, I started getting into, I started getting into production. That was like right after I had left the, I got, I left the band that Mm -hmm. I was in and it is crazy. And I ended up getting the SP 505. Mm -hmm. I started getting into sampling and stuff. So right then it was like, yeah, there was that limit. We were limited, but at the same time, we were able to start. It was just the idea of getting started. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and now now getting started is easier. Yeah. It's so much easier, so much cheaper. All you got to do is spend your time most of the time now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of shit's free or damn near free. So all you got to do is just pay the expensive time, Mm -hmm. which you know, if you love making music, you want to spend that time anyway making music. And so now distributing that, getting fans and stuff like that, and starting to monetize either directly off the music, which is kind of going away, or mm-hmm. monetizing how I sorry, somebody pulled me out of my driveway. Okay. But um, but yeah, so like like I keep telling artists and stuff like that with these marketing reviews, you know, when they're like and they say something about monetizing off music, I'm like, directly monetizing off of your music is basically gone now. You know, you might be able to, I was like, the only way you'd really be able to get it is you got those super cult followers who want to support you so much that they want to buy. And I said it earlier. They want to pay $20 for that CD. They want to actually get the, you know, buy the, buy this or whatever, but you can just have them donate to you or you can have other things about you that they can go and buy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and one thing I see artists do as well too, is that when they create merchandise, for themselves it's always branded for them it's basically a walking advertisement for them yeah and i tell them i'm like don't do that create cool looking merchandise mm-hmm. that that is beyond your brand that doesn't necessarily you could put your face like in a little bit in the bottom or whatever you know or something like that you could still have a little bit of branding on it but don't have like a lot of people will see people walk around with like a Drake shirt or a Pac shirt or a Biggie shirt or, you know, a seven mm-hmm. dust shirt or whatever. And it's got like the picture of the artists on the front. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, like I got a Metallica shirt or whatever, not the one you guys usually see me with, but yeah. another one that was actually a tour shirt. Right. And so mm-hmm. on the back, it's got all the dates on the tour, stuff like that. That's all a big billboard that you're walking around with. You paid to get that billboard and walk around with it and not only broadcast for that for that band or that artist, but also broadcast, hey, I was a part of this, right? So it's it's like a social proofing for for people. Well, that's kind of going away unless you're a super superstar, right? Because that shows so so like all you independent artists and stuff like that who are on the rise, you just need to come up with dope looking merchandise. 
You know what I'm saying? Like if you're good at drawing or painting or something like that, draw and paint and then print that shit on either all over prints on shirt, come up with, you know, prints on the shirts or whatever, come up with tapestries. You can get posters, you can get fabric tapestries. You can have it on cuffs. You can have it on pens. You can have it on purses. You can have it on leggings. You can have it on socks. You can have it on purses, whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can do all that kind of stuff. That's how you need to make merchandise because some somebody who just learned about you may like your music. They don't necessarily want to walk around with your face on their goddamn shirt. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Because then when they're out and about, people are gonna be like, who the fuck is that? But like, oh, this is the, you know, somebody, and then they'll look it up. They're like, this dude only has like a thousand listeners per month on Spotify. Why are you rocking his shirt? Oh, I like his shit. People don't do that. Yeah. People don't do that. You know? So then, you know, even if it's like your label or your brand or something like that, you know, no, it has to speak to something. It has to be creative and entertaining, yeah. you know, because until you get to that high level, you just can't do it. You know, yeah. but there's so many other ways that you can monetize off of the profile that you build from your music, you know. Yeah. So that's why I tell artists, just give away your music, have free downloads on your website that only require a fucking email so you can send it to the, the fan. Right. Yep. And then, you know, once a week or once a month, send them one email, letting them know about what you're doing. Then they can keep tuning in and you're just giving them all this free stuff. And then, you know, that way, whenever you do talk about you know, oh, I got these 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 new running shoes that I had custom made or whatever. They're good because, you know, like your profile is like you're a big runner or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that is non-music related that I keep telling these artists to talk about, you know, talk about some of your interests or hobbies that are non-music That's part related. of your brand. Exactly. That is part of your brand. And you help build your profile. Mm -hmm. And so then when people see you, you know, like like Joe Rogan, for instance, right, you know, they see him as all these different things, but he is like the name that you think of when you think of different things. Like if you say UFC commentator, you're like, oh, like Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. Or if you say, oh, comedian, you're like, oh, like Joe Rogan. You say, mm -hmm. oh, podcaster, oh, like Joe Rogan. Yeah. You say actor, oh, like Joe Rogan. You know, mm -hmm. he's not obviously known as an actor anymore. Martial much, artist. But still, martial arts. Oh, like Joe, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, you know? Or yeah. you look at Andrew Schultz or you look at, um brad pitt for instance mm -hmm. right you know he does a lot of work like he he helped rebuild half of new orleans after katrina you know stuff like that you know you look at um jessica beale right mm -hmm. big time actress but she has her whole fucking beauty line right jj uh, watt being man of the year doing you know what i'm saying uh walter payton man of the year those mm -hmm. things that they go doing yeah all yeah, that stuff, Pey man. Peyton Manning, right? He was the mm -hmm. quarterback of the Colts. Uh, Walter Payton. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm Walter Payton, man of the year. Mm -hmm. Did I say yeah. that? Did, you I said just... Walter. You said Walter Payton, but then I, you, it made me think. Okay. Of yeah. Yeah. Manning. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I thought I... A few generations later in football. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Peyton Manning, right? Mm -hmm. In Indianapolis, he has his like damn near a whole hospital named after him, yeah. right? The, the fucking Riley Children's Home is also like the Peyton Manning something something, right? Mm -hmm. Or the children's the children's hospital, I mean. Like, they got his own fucking road and stuff like that. And this dude was just oh. a quarterback that didn't even take Indianapolis to the Super Bowl ever that I think of. Maybe once, yeah, he did. right? Yeah, once. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. So yeah like, they won. They won. Once, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. But still, like, this motherfucker went on to do, like, commercials for Papa John's. Mm -hmm. From being a quarterback on the Indianapolis Colts, that nationwide goes, is on yeah. your side, exactly <laughs> Nation, nationwide and stuff like that, right? And he was a quarterback on the Colts for a decade or something like that. Rarely, the Colts rarely go 
You know what I'm saying? They're not like a huge name like the Giants or the 49ers or nothing like that who or, or the Patriots that always go to the Super Bowl or nothing. He wasn't even a big-time quarterback like, like Brady who was like, you know, getting like seven rings or whatever, you know what I'm saying? More than Jordan and shit like that, right? But he wasn't even somebody like Jordan. But, but his he statistics, went, mm-hmm. his statistics were off the chart and he always, and what it was is that he was always neck and neck with Brady. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because of that, they were able to put that, having that edge, mm-hmm. even though he didn't, even though he doesn't have as many Super Bowls, he's got, I think, a total of two. Something like with, that. One with, with one with the yeah, Indianapolis and with the Broncos. But has gone to the Super Bowl, I think, four times. Something right? like that. But And has been in the playoffs when he was with the Colts against the Patriots a number of times, almost every year they were, it, they were, it was them two neck and neck. So it was like them being that, that predecessor, that competitor. It's almost like when you look at Joe Lewis and Ali rest mm. their souls. They had, it was like Ali was the, Ali was the, the flash, the flash and the, the glitz and the glamour of a boxer. Joe, Joe Frazier was the, was the working man's boxer. Right. Yeah, so I don't know a lot about football, so I can't really check you on the on the Peyton Manning knowledge. But what I was just talking about is how he built his profile beyond football. Right, right. You and I'm, I'm saying? saying that because yeah. of him being able to have that, because of the mm-hmm. edge that he had, he was able to really build his profile beyond that. Like with Tom Brady, we kind of just see where it's like, it was like, okay, what is he going to do? He just ended up continuing playing football. What yeah, is he gonna it, do after? Like Peyton Manning was able to say, "Okay, now I got a show with my brother. We mm-hmm. do Monday Night Football together with right with the Mannings, and, and then, then he does non football related non football football mm-hmm. related stuff. So it's like, okay, what's next? Yeah, right? exactly. He was able to build off of that. So like, there's a lifespan for whatever you do, and oh, you know, and then speak, you can build off of that. Duh, so, speaking of top. Speaking of Tom Brady, um, what am I talking about? He has his TB12 mm. line that he's got. Um, he's pretty much been the mentor as a quarterback for Shador Sanders, which is Deion Sanders' son. Okay, he's been really man- mentoring him, and and seeing Colorado, seeing what Deion Sanders is doing for for college football has just mm. been phenomenal. So, yeah, Tom Brady is the he's just. It's taking him a little bit more time because he's, you know, he's cause yeah, because he hyper focused on football, like this, this the game for forever, yeah. right? And yeah. that's why he's well known to somebody like me who hasn't watched a football game in years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because he's got that name recognition. Whenever yeah. anybody time I hear somebody talk about football, they either love or hate Tom Brady, even if they're not even cool with that that fucking that that outfit, the Patriots yeah. or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Wherever he went after yeah, that. Yeah, organization, you know, yeah, man, or the like Bucks. Even, yeah, even if, you know, their, you know, their their team is not anything affiliated with him. They either love or hate him, right? Yeah. And then, but they know about him, you know? And and so, you know, he's proof right there. Him him, him, and uh, Peyton Manning, right? You can yeah. stay with it. Like, so if as an artist, you can build your profile to where you can still stay within the realm of music, mm-hmm. you know? kind of like Gucci Mane, you know, how he's been putting on a lot of artists with his what 8716 or something like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, which is really funny because he's got 8716, but Jeezy's got 8732. You know what I'm saying? And so 
he's not quite as, as enough of like to be out there with Jeezy. But and then, was, <laughs> and, then that was, and then there was that whole fucking that whole fucking beef between them and everything like that, yeah. which Jeezy talks about in his in his book that I read uh, a few weeks ago, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. But but as an artist, you can either stay within music and mentor the next generation and and build off of that, you know, like J. Cole. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of other rock artists that have done this, but I, you know, my, my wealth of knowledge is a little limited on that, but you can, you know, or, or football or whatever it is, whatever art you want to do, you can stay and mentor the next generation. You can have some kind of affiliation with talking about it still, or yeah. you can completely go another way. Like I, I can't remember who it was, but I know I've heard some football players who left football and then started a sustainable farm. And now they're farmers now. They don't yeah. do shit with football anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or like there, I remember back in the day when I used to be a progressive under Obama, um, there was a the host of MSNBC. His name was Dylan Radigan, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he ended up basically getting fired for going off and exposing the real system on air one day. And mm-hmm. so he got kicked out of MSNBC. Well, then he branched off and started doing like sustainable energy and sustainable agriculture, stuff like that. He doesn't even fuck with media anymore. Like, yeah, he had like a three year contract where he couldn't compete, couldn't do anything or whatever, you know, in the news realm. But mm-hmm. after that's been years ago, he still don't even fuck with it. He's a fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not rocking with that no more. And yeah. he was doing well. He was one of like the, top rated people on MSNBC and stuff like that way before Rachel and all of them, you know? So like, no matter what you do, you just need to build your profile as being more than just one thing. That way you can go different directions, you know, Mm -hmm. that way when you're like Muhammad Ali and you start having some issues from getting knocked in the head too much, you have something else you can do like what Tyson did. You know what I'm saying? Or Floyd Mayweather, right? So like Muhammad Ali, avoiding you know, getting hit up in the head like that. Well, there's that too. He he avoided, but like what I'm saying is like, you know, or Conor McGregor or something like that, mm-hmm. where where Muhammad Ali and some other ones like him, they were just boxers, and once they got done with boxing, they really didn't do anything else. You know, once either they retired or they got retired from their you know their mental issues or whatever. I'm not trying to speak ill, but I'm just reality. No, you're just speaking reality. You know what I'm saying. So they were just kind of stuck. They, they had to depend on whatever money they had left. They had to do little appearances to get a check or whatever, right? They were basically mm-hmm. basically living on Social Security almost, you know, to an extent. But, like, people like Tyson, like, this motherfucker's still relevant, even though he don't fight no, hardly at all anymore, right? You know, people like Floyd Mayweather. He started you know, getting the training. Exactly. Well, also, yeah, and yeah, I'm really yeah, liking that. Yeah, there's that too. And then, you know, you got people like Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't fought in a couple of years since he broke his fucking leg, right? Mm-hmm. But he's making way more money. You know, I think he just sold his alcohol line for like a billion dollars or something crazy, yeah, right? Like something he, he's like, like a fucking, he's a fucking billionaire. And he came up from like the slums of Ireland. On welfare. And just, on and welfare. Just, yeah, and just, just, he literally kicked ass his way to the top. Yep. <laughs> and, you know Big what I'm up, saying? Man. So, so every single one of you artists listening right now, you can do something similar, right? But you you got to branch out beyond just, I'm going to make music. I'm going to rock mics. I'm going to be on stage. I'm going to be in music videos. I'm going to get a label contract. Because the people that you do see that are on labels, a lot of them can't or don't do anything else. They just only make music. That's where they make their money. They may have a couple of brand endorsements, but that's it. Once they fall off out of music, once their music ain't hitting them more, they're done. 
Mm-hmm. They're done. They're those one hit wonders or something like that, like Alien Ant Farm, right? Like, you know, people like that. You know what I'm saying? They'll be one hit wonders uh, that just fucking vanish. And you don't know what the fuck they did anymore. You know what I'm saying? And in the hip hop space, a lot of the motherfuckers are crazy, like getting tats all over their face. Good luck doing anything else besides music or being an extra in a fucking prison movie with tats all over your fucking face. You know what I'm saying? So unless you, a, you know how to make, unless you know how to do business, man. Something else, yeah, exactly. So you got to make yourself bigger to be known for something else. Because like Post Malone, he can if he stop making music, if he doesn't have something else going, he can only ever be an extra as a homeless drug addict in a movie, right? Because that's what he looks like. You know what I'm saying? He can't really do much else, you know, or be in like that movie. He was in a movie called Spencer Confidential where he mm-hmm. was a fucking inmate. Right. That's the only kind of shit you can really look like and do anymore after that. He can't go be a wealth manager at Wells Fargo. You know what I'm saying? Like he can't he can't go be a publisher for children's books or something like that. You know, even if he has a high passion in it, he can't be the face of it. No, you know, that's why I'm looking at. That's why I'm looking at being, you know, working at with me working at men's warehouse. It's like I know that me being a part time worker is where I'm going to be because especially on the floor, because number one, I don't plan on going corporate in there, but that's my choice. Yeah. And that's my choice, Mm -hmm. but I do enjoy the job so much that there are other things that I can do within it. And they see who I am. And -hmm. what's cool is that they're willing to accept what I do. And in many cases, helping me to push forward in those endeavors and that's dope and then and that is the skills the skills and experience that you get is from experience that experience mm-hmm. you know is going to help you in so many other ways you yeah. know like you know different jobs that i've taken have helped build me into the person that i am today and stuff with my my knowledge or my way of talking or my customer service skills or what mm-hmm. have you and stuff where I didn't have those at one point in my life, you mm-hmm. know? So the more that you can do and more you can try is definitely going to help you, man. And, you know, so like whatever it is that you have other interests in as an artist, just try to be about that as well too. You mm-hmm. know, like me and KP, we love making our music that we like to make, but we also like helping artists. Yeah, We also like being out here, you know, so we help artists with, um, with their music marketing, you know, we're, we'll be their coaches, their mentor, their marketing manager, mm-hmm. whatever they want to call us, right? For for all different kinds of either for a specific run or for something else specific. Mm-hmm. But then we also, you know, have this podcast where we just yep. talk about it, give out game and try to help people through that, like help people help themselves basically through, yep. through this, you know, and then we also make our own music. And then we also have our own different endeavors that we want to eventually go to. And then we will eventually go to as well too, yep. you know, and, and, and we have we, families and, and mm-hmm, lives yeah. just like everybody else. Yep. Absolutely. But we also showcase all of this as well mm-hmm. because, because people know me and you as artists as well as marketing people and stuff like that as well too you know so we're building that multifaceted and as an artist you can do that as well too like you know i I was talking to an artist this morning i'm getting ready to do a review for because i started i actually having i have conversations with you as well too to kind of get to know you and get to know your direction and then i give you your review Mm -hmm. and so 
I was talking with one this morning and I was like, okay, you know, what direction are you wanting to take your, your brand? You know, what do you want to be known for besides music? And mm-hmm. so we and him were talking about that and stuff like that, you know? And, and so, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily think about it, but I'm like, you know, cause he was like, he, he was saying how he has got, he's got some, for like the last 10 years, he had like a, a cannabis brand or whatever that he was mm-hmm. like a spokesperson for or something like that um, online and stuff. But and he was able to grow that pretty well, you know, even though he couldn't use ads because it was cannabis related stuff like that. He was able to grow it and stuff. Right. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, he's like, oh, I don't really know how to convert that over to my music. I was like, well, are you wanting to be known as the cannabis guy like Cottonmouth Kings used to be? Or and he's like Cypress Hill or Cypress Hill. Right. Exactly. Right? And I mean, and was, Cottonmouth Kings is a great reference, right, by the way, yeah, too. No, awesome it's, sauce. It's right there, right yeah. there, right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got them exactly. on the wall too. But Word. like, Word. but they, but, but they were, they were also known as being like revolutionary anti-government. I want my freedom. Mm-hmm. Go fuck yourself type as well too. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. I asked him, I was like, well, do you want to be known like that? And he's like, he's like, no, nah, I don't really want to be known as the weed artist because I talk about way more than just weed in my music. I was like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Cause he talks about addiction and jail and fucking, you know, mental health and shit, other things like that as well too. And I'm right. like, okay, cool. You know, now we're going somewhere because now I can help this dude. I told him, I was like, you could still stay with, you know, growing that cannabis thing and have it grow separate from you and maybe even be like a partnership with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you can have that cannabis thing grow into its own individual brand. And then you can say, Hey, you know, if you're one of my listeners and you happen to smoke as well too, you know, go check out this blog over here about cannabis or whatever. If not, Hey, cool. You know, I'm still going to be talking about this depression music or this addiction, you know, everything, whatever the situation is, you're not known as Afro man, the weed dude, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever the fuck, you know what I'm saying? You're known as more other things, you know? And if he wants to start out with talking about people about mental health or Mm -hmm. about, uh, uh, you know, about like overcoming extreme adversity as a child or anything like that, you know, or if he just wants to talk about skateboarding, you know what I'm saying? Like I saw Lil Wayne on Tony Hawk's podcast and they were just talking about skateboarding like the almost the whole time. The only mm-hmm. time they talked about music is when they said when Wayne said how he he got a copyright infringement on a video that he made for uh, putting his own music in it. <laughs> and what? he wrote back, yeah, he wrote back. He's like, This is my fuck. I clear it. Cause like it came across like this is not clear yeah. copyright infringement. He's like, No, this is me. I clear it. But then he had to realize, oh, wait, I work for a label. They have to clear mm-hmm. blah, 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 stuff like that. But in that podcast, they just talked about skating the whole fucking time. Oh. That's it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you can be multifaceted with something else, you know, mm-hmm. like, like I, you know, I know a lot about, you know, uh, natural health and stuff like that with supplements and all kinds of other things you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i can go on a podcast which i'm probably going to be going on here soon um and we we're possibly going to be having an affiliation with this company i just i just met the uh owner of it last night who nice. like he, he makes his own soaps and stuff like that as well too and it's all or completely natural no salt base no nothing like that so i was talking to him and stuff and so but i could go on a podcast with him on his podcast to help him out as well mm-hmm. and i could talk to him about natural shit all day right you know what i'm saying we don't even gotta talk about music we can talk about natural shit all day you know supplements mm-hmm. and health and wellness and all this kind of shit you know what i'm saying so you can be multifaceted and you can go in all different kind of directions you just have to just at least start with one thing right you know you got your music you know yes focus on that get some catalog going get content related to that going but mm-hmm. then just have one other thing that you talk about as well too yeah. You know, and I always tell people 
post one music related thing a week and post two to three non music related things a week as well. So if you end up posting and that, that's like the, the ratio you go with. So if you post mm-hmm. two music related things that week, well, you better post four to six non music related things that week. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And, and then that way you have a good balance where you're actually building a relationship with your fans. Mm hmm. In more than just one way, it's not transactional. You're not sitting there just hustling money out of them. You're actually building a relationship with them. You're giving them value and they're feeling that connection with you as an artist, mm-hmm. as an artist, as an individual, everything like that. And it's just going to help you so much more. And then the sky is the limit for what you can do after that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you will make your money. Trust us. You, yeah, you just it comes. If you stick with it. Yeah. If you stick with it, if you mm-hmm. your money will come, dude. Yep. You just and, gotta, and don't and don't yeah. take those they, don't take those easy handouts either. Because when people have those hands out, they got strings attached to that shit. Yeah. And those strings will wrap around your throat and choke you. That's why I always yeah. tell people, I'm like, I'm like, fucking handouts always have strings attached, and those strings will fucking choke you. They yeah, will they hang will. you up, hang you up by that fucking tree that you fucking thought had money on it, but it ended up having death on it. You know, so just keep just figure out something. And if you need a little bit of help, contact either me or KP and we'll we'll ask you just general questions. We don't know you for shit. You let us know a little bit about you and we'll help point you in the right direction. At least give you at least at least we'll have a conversation with you that may help you come up with your own ideas Mm -hmm. that will work way better than anything that we can come up with. But just having that conversation with somebody like us, because we do free consultations or if you want a music review or whatever, having this conversation with us will will help could could help you spur your own ideas and you go off in your own way and never talk to us again never give us a fucking single penny nothing like that but if we've been able to help you help yourself bare minimum then then we accomplished our goal yeah absolutely just like what we came here with 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 taxi and and all this other stuff all the information we give you right here on music making sense podcast is to help you help yourself and be a better fucking artist and a better human in general yeah absolutely anything else that you wanted to add here today kp man just great session dude just wanted to and just like you just kind of piggyback off what you're saying dude just guys be just soak up the game soak it up like a sponge and apply it if it doesn't work try something else but if it doesn't work, figure out what it is that didn't, why it didn't work. And if it can be improved on, improve on it. And that's Absolutely. what I learned, especially with this taxi. Improve on what I need to improve on. And the rest will be will get there. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Last words are great, man. So as always, y'all say. Tuning in to everything that we do, follow editing of everything, music making sense podcast, music making sense pod.com. Yes, Links yes. below and all that kind of fun shit and everything like that. Keep sharing the show, keep telling people about it. If you want a consultation with us or you want an artist review or you want to work with us or whatever, contact us. Wherever you're listening right here, drop a comment, contact us on the socials, contact us on, you know, the the website, musicmakingsensepod.com. Got any and everything that you need, Music Making Sense Podcast. We're going to get the fuck up out of here, y'all. Y'all have oh, a yeah. Holla. Yeah.